We're glad you guys are here today. I brought my bow and arrow today because I've been practicing my archery. No, I'm just kidding. If you're just joining us for the very first time, I am not an archer, and I will promise not to shoot this at anyone. One lady said, hey, I thought you were going to put like a target in the back and show us how great you were at archery. That's a terrible idea. Our insurance won't cover that. And so, or if it did, I would try it. But hey, we believe this, that God wants to use you. That you and I, we, we, are, we, are the, we are the bows, and God has a great plan for life, and God wants to prosper you, and he has a great thing going for you. He really wants to use you in an incredible way. He, he says that you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. The Bible says that he knew you before you were even thought of. God thought about you. He knew about you, and he had a great plan for your life. So this past month, I've been giving you some, some arrows. I've been giving you some arrows because here's what I believe. A lot of you guys, you're ready to go, but you don't, you don't realize how many how much do you have? How much you have going for you? But you have to have some arrows in order to win at this thing. At this thing we call we call life. And so, if you're here today for the first time, week arrow, week one, our first arrow was the arrow of faith. And the Bible tells us is that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by this book. This book right here will build. We're built your faith. And when we talk about faith at Hope Church, we're talking about faith in a God who came and he died and he rose again for both you and for me. That's the kind of God. Because here's the reality. Faith, I can demonstrate faith for you really quickly. Faith is a lot of you guys here, you walk down and you sat down in your chair. You have faith that chair is going to hold you up. Aren't you glad it's not that woody, wooden rickety one at your grandma's house? She's like, sit over there, Sonny. Like, that thing's about to collapse, Grandma. That's why I'm not sitting in that one. But the chair you said, you have faith in that chair. You can sit on it. Well, we want you to know that faith needs to be your foundation. And the only way to have your faith built up is by reading this word. We learned this week one about the Bible. If we get in the word, this word will get in us. And the best version of you is the version of you where God's word is inside of you. So week one, we looked at the arrow. We looked at the arrow of faith. Week two, we gave you another arrow. And the second arrow we gave you was the arrow of finances. Here's what we know. The way the world does money does not work. The reason why I know it doesn't work is because our, the generations before are handing off, you and I, a trillion dollar deficit. And we're not going to be able to pay it off. But the guy told me recently, he's like, it's good news. You'll be able to hand that debt off to your kids. <laughs> I said, yes. The way the world does money does not work. When you're 18, you get a credit card. And it starts a slippery slope. And if you don't know how to get out of it, then you get down it and you get to the very bottom. And you realize, man, that was a little, little credit line. But they were so nice. They kept on giving me, they kept on expanding my, my credit. I'm so thankful for that. And everything we do, we kind of, we live in this, our, our generation is kind of a maxed out kind of life. And so we learned that there's a right way and a wrong way to do your finances. And then last week we learned about fitness. Last week we learned about learn about fitness. Lee, I'm glad you're here today. I bought these jeans two years ago, but two years of CrossFit, these were, these were loose fit jeans two years ago. But I've done so many air squats, squats. These now are now skinny jeans, but they were not skinny jeans when I bought them, I promise. And I'm so thankful. I'm, fitness is important. <clears throat> so in case you're here today, you're like, well, I don't, I don't really, I wasn't here for the fitness. I gave you two things to help your fitness. Now, we, the, there are two things about your fitness that you all need to do. If you don't, if you're not, you don't have any kind of fitness goals, start walking. That's all I want you to do. You don't got to go to the gym tomorrow. You don't have to sign a, sign a membership. Why well, you probably should do that. That would help you. But just start walking and then get used to walking. And then after you get walking, learn to walk some more and a little bit further, a little bit further. So walking is important. And some of you guys in here today, you're like, well, I'm fit. I'm really, really busy. Or you're not fit and you're really busy. You want to start, some of you guys that are practice a Sabbath. Sabbath helps your fitness. I know for you, Diane and I, we run so fast and so hard. But the best things that we can do for our health is self-care. And the best thing that you could do for your family is for you to take a break and breathe a little bit and not work so stinking 
hard. You need to take a break. I'm all about hard work. I'm all about really, really hard work. My friends uh, Kelly are here today, Kelly and Josh. And Josh was like, um, I said, hey, where's your wife at today? We go, to, we go to CrossFit together. He's like, oh, she's getting some prestigious award for being the best salesman in the country. I'm like, oh, no big deal. Um, that must be nice. And I realized this, that you got to, it's good to, I believe in hard work. I think you ought to work hard. I think you have to go hard. But you ought to, not only do you work hard, you should play hard. You also should rest hard. You ought to take a break. So walking and starting to take a break a little bit. Jesus was all about Sabbath and taking a break, and we ought to also. And then the last era I want to give you today, it's important that all of our kids are in here today. We left a tip on this era. Let me go and take that off in case I get squirrely. Uh, the, the last era that I want to give you was the era of family. And the reason why I want to talk about family today with your kids in the service is because kids, your parents, they need some help. I mean, that's just facts. They need help. So parents in here today, if you're a kid in here today, you're in kindergarten through fifth grade, just nudge your parents and say, you need some help. You need some help. <laughs> you're like Pastor West said, I could. Don't get mad at your parents. But hey, you, moms and dads, y'all need some help. And, um, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're young in here today, you, you have kids. Like, you're so excited about having kids. And you don't really know what you're doing. You have no idea. Like, you're like, you think you know. You might have read some books. But you don't know anything about parenting. And some of you guys here, you've kind of evolved. I've always wanted to be a cool dad. Like, I just, my goal in life was to be a cool dad, no minivans. That was the only rule I had to parenting was Diana, no minivans. And, and I, I thought, I, could, I think I could talk her into this, but we had twins, and she's like, hey, bro, I'm sorry. I have to do this to you. I'm like, what happened? She's like, you, we got to get a minivan. Like, I can't do this without a minivan. I'm like, you can. You can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. You know, like, I'm like pulling out every verse I know about minivans and not having minivans. I was making up stuff. But here's what I know that you and I, things, things begin to change. And some of you guys in here today, I, I, I got a video that I want to show you that really, I don't, know really, I don't know if you know what you look like. But take a look. Don't make me count to one, two, three. Yeah, it's the parent rap, y'all. We may spend most of our time chasing toddlers down, but we still know how to rock the hizzle. I don't even know what you just said. We used to be cool. Back in the day, back on the block. Watching PG-13 movies, staying up way after dark. Then we had a couple shorties, and now we're really flossy. Cause now we be rolling with our own little posse in the minivan. Or in our little wagon, let me throw it to moms, cause the little one is sagging. I used to bling it up, I used to dress real shoe. Now I accessorize the food that's already been chewed. And that's alright, I make this diaper bag look good. When I'm walking through the mall, trying to wrangle my brood. My PB&Js will set your world on fire. I could make you mac and cheese blindfolded on a wire. I'm wiping the doo-doo, kissing the boo-boos. Got them eyes in the back of my head, I see all you do. Using your full name so you know I ain't playing. And that's why all my kiddos, they keep saying Mom, mom, she's the bomb Rocking all night till the break of dawn Cooking in peace so I'll grow up strong Got my second seatbelt if we crash head on Dad, dad, he's the man Working real hard to support the clan Trading in his Porsche for an old sedan Raising those brows if we get out of hand When it comes to Candyland, I'm a stone cold player Helping out with the homework, I'm an algebra slayer Wrestle car seats into place without spilling my mug If I tuck you in at night, you'll be as snug as a bug Then I'm off in the morning to make that cheese You may not know this yet, but it doesn't grow on trees Now mama, take it please What? Uh, take it I'm dropping time, I like the hot pot 
potty training on my tots Washing all the pants and pots Tying little shoes and knots Giving knowledge to your brain Like if your friendship up a train You don't have to do the same Not get your toys out of the rain I'm cleaning every spill Cutting coupons like a bill If you need parental skill Now you know we are for real You don't think our rhymes are ill, boy? Then you're grounded for a mill Mom, mom, she's legit Making us chill when we pitch fit Telling us to share and never to hit If you can't say something nice, put a sock in it Dad, dad, he's the guy Never gets tired of playing I spy With a constant barrage of kids asking why And he always pretends he needs another tie You know money doesn't grow on trees Why buy the cow if the milk is free? This won't hurt you as much as it hurts me If you want dessert, eat another veggie Close that door, you weren't born in a stable Sit up straight and kiss your Aunt Mabel Close your mouth when you chew Get your elbows off the table Mom and Dad of the Year Check it, that's the label It's the parent rap, y'all And it's a parent We're great parents Mom and Daddy in the house Mom and Daddy own the house Mom and Daddy need to clean the house. Keep your hands to yourself, boy. Don't make me stop this beat. I'll do it. I'll pull this beat right over. All right, parents, I'm sorry. If you said to yourself, well, that's not me, that's you. And that's what y'all, that's what you look like. And some of you, I saw, I saw uh, Genevieve was like, that's my mom. That's my mom. Sorry about that. <laughs> Janine, hate to break that to you. You're like, I refuse to look like that. That is, that is you. Hey, one of the things that we, well, we, we sat down recently, uh, we had a friend of ours. She's studying to be um, um, a, a master. She's getting her master's in counseling. She goes, hey, I'd like to interview your family. I'm like, you do not want to interview my family. I don't want anybody from the church to interview my family. She's like, yeah, we're doing a study on dysfunctional families. And I'm like, fine, okay, we fit the bill. Go ahead and, go ahead and uh, interview us. We have 11-year-old Hope who sang today. We have an 8-year-old son, and our twins are four and a half. And while my, my daughter is uh, up here leading worship, my 4-year-old daughter is back there in an infirmary. And um, she's got that church life. She just has to go here and kind of just suck it up. And uh, we have people like Kim to serve. Like, I'm supposed to be in the parking lot, but instead they're watching, watching my kid. But one of the things that we learned from that, that interview, the lady said, we want to interview your family, all four of you guys. We want, kind of want to just kind of, I just want your kids to be able to talk. And so I wrote down a couple of things. If you're here today, you're like, well, I don't have a family. Maybe one day you will have a family. And if you're like, maybe one day I don't want to have a family. I don't want to have a minivan. I don't want to have to rock a, 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 one of those uh, diaper bags. And I was, when we had twins, Diana said, hey, babe, I got you. I got you something. And I'm like, what'd you get me, boo? You know, and she's like, I got you one of those baby Bjorn things. Well, I know you look at me, you're like, well, that Wes looks like the kind of guy who's going to wear a baby Bjorn. I know, but I, on the, I may look soft on the outside, but on the inside, I'm tough. Dude. I refuse to wear one of those baby sling things. And I'm sorry, Brad, but I've been judging you for like the last couple of weeks because I see that you're rocking it. But when you're as big as you are, you're kind of tough, like, it's kind of okay to pass it off. But for me, if I wear one, like, oh, look at that cute little dad, you know. I don't want to be a cute little dad. So I refuse to wear. We took our babies to Disney. I think they were like maybe six weeks old, seven weeks old. And, and Dinah has her strapped on. She's ready to go. She has one twin. We got a four-year-old and a, and a, or a seven-year-old and like a four-year-old. And, and here I am. I, I've got a baby. I held that baby like a football the whole entire day. I refuse to wear one of those things, but one of the things that we learned in that interview talking was that we, we believe this, the things that I want to give you today, you can apply to your individual life. So don't be here today like, we don't have a family, I don't have kids. These things are all applicable to every area of life, no matter where you're at in the game. And here's the first thing that we learned from talking with, with the kids in, in this interview is that we make fun a priority. We make fun a priority. Hey, moms and dads, don't be boring. 
Go on fun trips. I love watching the Wheeler's Facebook feed. They went to Key West for, for spring break. Do fun stuff. You ought to do, you ought to do fun things. We live, a, we live a tiring life. Diana, we go, 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 go. It is fast-paced, fast-paced, fast-paced. We have groups every night of the week, it seems like, and we have church stuff, and we have family stuff, and we have life stuff. And yesterday, Diana said, like, hey, we're going to go see a movie today. And that's the last thing that we want to do on a Saturday when we have to come set this place up on a Saturday night and then we go to church on Sunday and night of worship last night at the church that helped start us. And we, you got to make fun a priority. If you guys aren't having fun, you're doing life wrong. There's a stigmatism about Christians. Like Christians don't know how to have fun. It's because you guys aren't having fun. Have fun. Like make fun a priority. You guys ought to have fun. Here's the second thing that I wrote down about fun. If you're in here today and you're married, you should make your marriage number one. You should make your marriage number one. If you don't, here's what happens. What happens is that you have kids and you begin to put all your emphasis on your kids. And what happens is that when they're 18, 19, and 20, they leave and you're stuck next to a stranger. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for your kids. I love, I love Chase, Chase didn't grow, Chase is here and he invests a lot in our kids ministry and our youth ministry, him and his wife. And Chase didn't grow up in a, in a home where, where there was a mom and a dad and like, hey, let's go to church. Let's go, do, you know, let's, let's do the right thing. He didn't have that. He was kind of like raised himself a little bit, couch to couch and, and struggled just trying to figure out how to, how to live a life on his own and, and doing that whole thing. And one of the things that I've, I've learned from him is that he wants to make sure these kids, they, they have a better experience than he had. Have some fun with your kids. Take them on some experiences. Have some, do some fun stuff. It should be, should be fun. But one of the things that they can do is they can model marriage. They don't have kids, but they're around a lot of our kids. They're taking their Saturdays and they're traveling and seeing kids. Friday night we're at ball games. And these guys are shepherding a lot of people throughout the church. The best thing you can show your kids is a healthy marriage. If you're in here and you're married, Nadra, that's the best thing you can show your kids is a healthy marriage. Okay, that was a freebie in here today. If you're not married in here today and you have a kid, Man, be the healthy version of yourself. Be the healthiest version. Have your finances right. Have your faith right. Have your fitness right. Man, be the best that you can be. Model God in your home. Model healthiness in your home. And so you, we all can do that, all right? Here's the second thing that we wrote down. Moms and dads in here today, your children don't need you to be perfect. They need you to believe in them. They don't need you to be perfect. They need you to believe in them. Moms and dads, I see kids all the time. There's an epidemic of insecurity going throughout our country and through our world. And all I tell people is, hey, I believe in you. Last night, I, or last Sunday night, I had about 15, uh, 10 or 12 of young 20-year-olds in, in my house. And I said, man, every cross room, every time I see them, I'm like, hey, I believe in you guys. I believe in you guys. I believe in you guys. We had seven kids here this, this morning from the Disney um, from the, uh, from the Disney program, the internship program. And I said, hey, man, I believe in you guys. God's got a great plan for your life. And I want you to know in here today, if you're in here today, whether you fit in the category of having kids, wanting to having kids, wanting to get rid of your kids, we've all been there before, moms and dads, or maybe I'm the only honest one in here today. But I believe, in, I believe that you and I, we got to believe in people. We get, that's the problem with our world. No one believes in anybody else. Everyone wants to believe in themselves. They don't want to help anybody else. I mean, we, parents, your kids don't need you to be perfect, and you're not perfect. They need you to believe in them. They need you to tell them, hey, you can do this. Man, you're incredible. The Bible says that you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. You need to build your kid up. If you don't build your kid up, the world will tear them down. We got to build up our kid. Let your kid try everything. Nobody wants to go out there and watch our kids play soccer. They don't even know what they're doing. Let them go out there and try it. And if that is not good, let them go play baseball. It's so cute anyways in those little, their little buns and those baseball pants. Let them go try it. They should just believe in them. Tell them they can go there. If their kid strikes out every time they get up to bat, let them know next time is your time. I believe in you. You got to believe. You got to believe in your kids. You don't have to be perfect, 
You got to believe in them. Here's the, here's the second thing or third thing I want you to write down is you got to make church a priority. You got to make church a priority. The kids that I see that are, that are growing up and that God is using them in a great way and that they're growing is that parents are making, them, making church a priority. Chase said to me today, the kids in our youth group that are there every single week, their parents are there every single week. Their parents are serving. Their parents are building up people in, in our church. You and I, that we've got to make church our priority. Something happens when you come here that only can happen when you come here. Your kids need this place. Your kids need to be around my 11-year-old. She loves Jesus. She's doing a good job. I don't know if you want your son around my 8-year-old son, but you definitely want your daughter around my, your daughter around my, around my 11-year-old daughter. And I was, I was telling Kelly today, she's new to her church. I'm like, you, you want your, my, my, I have four, I have four and a half year old twins. Like you want your kids around my four and a half year old boy twin, but you don't want them around my four and a half year old girl twin. Okay. They like, my kids are, my kids have kind of swapped. Like my, my older daughter is a saint. My younger daughter is a sinner. And she's just got some, she's got some, she's just got some, she's got some issues. And my eight-year-old, I'm not quite sure with him. It's either he's going to either be a pastor or in prison. And I'm not exactly sure which of the two. And, and then my, my little boy, my little four-and-a-half-year-old boy, he's doing pretty good. But you know what we've decided to do? We were going to make church a party. When we go to community group, our kids go to community group. When we can't make it, Chase and Michelle, I love them. They're investing in the next generation. We don't take our daughter. We don't take our, our 11-year-old daughter to youth group. Chase and Michelle come by and pick her up. And they take her. We make sure that she gets there. We make sure that she gets there. Um, and I just believe that you and I, when we make church a priority, it, it'll make sure that your kids won't let, won't let God down the road just be some sort of option. If it's important to you, moms and dads, it will be important to your kids later. My parents made me go to church. Whether my dad, my dad just left, but whether my dad came to church or not, my dad made me go to church. In church, we call that hypocrisy. <laughs> <clears throat> my dad's like, yeah, I'm not going, but you're going to go. He made sure I would go. I went to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, youth choir. Like, we were in church all of the time. you got to make church a priority. Your kids need this. A guy this week brought his daughter, and he goes, my daughter, she needs to be in church. She loves church. She needs this. Your kids need to be in church around other people. You want your kids, moms and dads, you want your kids in church with some kids that are going the same direction, that have the same morals and values. I was the kid, I was the house in youth group where my parents didn't let me go to anybody's house because my parents thought they were the only ones that knew how to parent apparently. But all the kids could come to my house because my parents wanted to know what we were doing. Emily Kleinecke was a kid in our youth group. Emily Kleinecke would come to youth group. I'd say, Emily Kleinecke, you shouldn't drink. You shouldn't, shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do this. And she would get home and her parents had a different version of what I would teach their kid. You want your kids in church. You want your kids around Chase and Michelle. They're doing an incredible job with their student ministry. You want your kids around Joel and Sarah, mostly Sarah, but you want your kids around them. You, you want them around them. Make church, make church a priority. Now, if you're here today, you're like, listen, I don't have kids. I don't, I don't want kids or I don't kind of fit in there. I want you to know in here today that the church is a family. The church is a family. My friend is in here today. She came to our community group and she said, you know, I, she said, I moved here from, from New York and I'm here. She goes, I'm looking for a family. I'm looking for a family. And she goes, I had two options. I could either go to happy hour or I could go to church. And she's like, I chose church. I said, man, that's, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna find a family here. Now here's what you need to know about Hope Church. It is not a perfect family, but here's what you need to know about your family that maybe your parents never told you. There is no such thing as a perfect family. 
That doesn't exist, okay? So if you, if you were raised, you're like, well, because I thought that. I thought, man, my, I thought my family, it was the, the one only way to do it. Like, I knew my family was dysfunctional. But what I found out as I got older is that every single person's family is dysfunction. And if you think that your family is not dysfunctional, it's probably you that makes it dysfunctional. You're like, dang it, maybe he's right. Every family has some sort of dysfunction. So if you're in here today, you're like, man, I want to come be a part of this church family. You're in good shape because we, we got room for more dysfunctional people. That's the beauty of this whole entire thing we call the church. Because there, there's in, in this family, there are no perfect people allowed. The Bible says this, that we're all sinners. We've all missed the mark. Not one of us in here today are perfect. But what we need you to know is that this church... This church is a family. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, So now you Gentiles, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are a member of God's family. If you've accepted the, the reckless love of God that Hope sang about today, that unconditional love that he's lavished upon us, that he gave us, if you've accepted that love, the Bible says that you're in this family. This church is a family. We're there for you. We're these, these families that moved here from out of, out of town, everyone that lives in Winter Garden, no one's from Winter Garden, they're looking for a family. This church is the family that they're looking for. They, you get to come fit in with us. You get to be a part of this. You can fit in here today. The church, the church is a family. Here's the second thing that I need you to know, that everyone is looking for a family. Everyone's looking for a family. I don't know anyone here today. If you're, if you, I've seen some people say, well, I don't need anybody. If you're the person here that says, I don't need anybody, you need some people. You need a family. I was talking to a girl today. She walked out and she came out crying. She said, man, I, she goes, I needed today's message. She goes, my dad's a pastor. She goes, I don't even want to go to his church. I said, if my dad was a pastor, I wouldn't go to his church either. <laughs> like facts. <clears throat> she said, I needed that today. She goes, then my friend invited me. My friend invited me. You know, a lot can happen when you invite somebody to church. A lot can happen when you invite someone to church. The little girl that invited her, Lee invited her to church. She came to church. She got saved. She dedicated her kids to the Lord just this last service. And now she's just bringing her coworkers with her. And now her coworkers are coming and they're getting saved. And they're, and, and they're going to bring their family. They're going to bring their friends. They're going to bring their family. Because everyone's looking for a family. That's why people come to church because looking for a family. They don't like the one they got. You know what I'm saying? They're like, I'm looking for a family. You know this, super trans if you're coming to this church, you know it's always transparent here today. But you don't get to choose your mom and dad. Oh, your family. But you can choose your church family. You know, one of the things that I, that I wish that I could do, I wish I had a machine. I wish I had a machine where I was telling Chase and Michelle, it's a shame that some of these kids that we know in our, in our church, our community, in our, in our city, kids don't get to choose their mom and their dad. It's like they don't have a choice. There's some kids there, they're sitting at home today, they, they'd love to go to church, but their mom and dad aren't bringing them to church. There's some kids there that love for their, their moms and dads to model what it means to model a safe home and to model love and kindness and goodness and peace and model the gospel. They, there's some kids, they'd love for their parents to model that, but instead they have to go to some of our kids' parents' house and see it modeled there. They have to hang out with Chase and Michelle to see it modeled there. And we see that in our church and we see that out of our church. The church, the church is a family and everyone's looking for a family. If you have a Bible, Matthew chapter 12 uh, verse 46, if you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. I brought my big Bible with me. I like big Bibles and I cannot lie. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46, the Bible says this. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mothers and brothers, they were outside and they were asking to speak to him. 
Jesus' mom and his brothers are outside and they're saying, hey, can I come in and talk to my son? Someone told Jesus that. Your mother and your brothers, they're outside and they wanna speak to you. And Jesus is like, this is a good opportunity for me to teach something to Hope Church. This is a good opportunity for me to teach something to the people in the seats in the community of every church in America today. And here is what he wants to teach us today. He says here the next part of the verse, he says in verse 47, someone told Jesus, your mom and your brother, they're staying outside and they wanna to speak to you. Verse 48, the Bible says this, Jesus asked them, who's my mother and who are my brothers? Very next verse, leave it there in verse 49. Isn't it something to say when Jesus asks you a question, he already knows the answer. Now, can I ask you a question here today? Does Jesus know who his mom and his brothers are? Absolutely. Can I ask you a question here? Can I ask you a question? I thought about this here today. You, you, you don't think about this a lot. This just popped in my head this week. What happened to Joseph? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Like, if you haven't, you have now. Mary, we, we don't, we don't, I don't know what happened. Joseph died at, at, at a young age. We don't see him. Right? Like some of you guys, your minds are being blown now because I was thinking like, dude, where's the dad at? If you're in here today, you're like, yo, I'm raising my kids by myself. Mary did it. Well, like, it's easy. It was Jesus. I don't, I don't, I think it'd be a lot of pressure to be, Mary, to be, to be Jesus' mom. <laughs> you're like, that's easy. No, your kid's easier. Like, and your kid's hard, but your kid's still easier. <laughs> Jesus, uh, your Jesus' mom. Remember that time you walked to the temple and threw the tables over? Some of you guys that you think, you, you get so sad when your kids are bad. Don't be sad. Jesus, flip, Jesus was flipping tables. That should make you feel good as a parent because your kid has flipped the table. I was talking to a, a lady today uh, from the gym. She's like, when my kid reads a book, he, after he's done reading the book, he throws the book at me. So we are dedicating the kid to the Lord and we give these families this hardback Bible. I'm like, don't give that kid that Bible. Dude, that will give a mom a concussion. He, he was gone. I think there's something about that. We're growing up in a generation where moms are raising these kids without, without dads. Mary did that. Mom's in here today. If that's you in here today, you might want to study the book. Of, you might want to study the Bible. Just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the, same, it's the same story, by the way, just four different times, four different perspectives, because Mary did it. Mary walked with her son. I think, she had, I think they made fun of pride. I think they had laughed a lot. I think, I, think Mary made, I think Mary made church a priority. I think Mary modeled, I, I know Mary modeled believing in her son because she couldn't model perfection because perfection doesn't exist on this side of earth. The next time that you'll be perfect in here today, parent, will be when we get to heaven. And until then, just keep doing a good job. And mom's in here today, God told, just gave me this word, just popped in my heart. Let go of the mom guilt because guilt's not from God, guilt is from the enemy. We got so many moms that are experiencing, God, experiencing mom guilt and the only reason why we're experiencing it is because we're comparing ourselves to people on social media. And if you can't get rid of the mom guilt, then get rid of the social media. This guy is genius. This guy was saying to me the other day, he struggles with this thing. And I'm like, well, then quit buying it. Don't buy it. Don't go there. Like, if I don't like something, I don't go there. If I like something, I go there. I ate Chick-fil-A for lunch and dinner yesterday. I like it. I mean, I like fried chicken. No surprise to anyone in this room here today, but it's good. Christian and chicken. I mean, same place. Quit going there. If it costs you to stumble, don't go there. Cut off that, that avenue. Cut off that avenue. He says here, guys, I'm just looking for my family. I'm just looking for my family. I'm just looking for my family. I want you to know in here today that everyone's looking for a family. And Jesus knew that. So Jesus said this, anyone 
who does what God says to do, they're my family. Church, I want you to be God's family. I want you to be God's family. When that verse in the Bible said this, anyone who does this book, anyone who lives this thing out, that's my family. He's talking to you and I today. He needed you and I to know that perfection isn't possible, but progress is. And the only way to have progress is to get in this book so this book will get in you. You wanna start saying some better things? Then start putting some better things in you. You wanna start going to some better places? Then start putting this in you. That way, whenever you go, it's in you. We learned last week that Christ lives in you. He, is, his, he, he lives inside of you. God's in you. That's a lot of pressure to know that we live this life, but God's birth. That's why you have to have your faith right and your finances right and your fitness right and your fame right because God, everywhere you go, God's there. He's right inside of you. Whoever does this book is my family. Everyone's looking for a family. Yes, come on, sister. I'm with you on that. And here's the third thing, Emerson. Number three. She's like, wrap it up, Wes. I'm trying to. Everyone is welcome in God's family. Everyone's welcome in. Bring your dysfunction in. Bring the dysfunction in. I remember when um, I, I remember when I met Lee and Lex, who, who owned the gym that I go to. I don't know if you guys know this by CrossFit, but um, I remember when Lex came in, Lex said to me, um, Lex said this quote. She goes, oh, my husband, he'll never come to church. Well, boy, was she surprised. Guy's been here for two and a half years. Might have missed eight times in two and a half years. Might have missed eight times. You're like, are you counting? Maybe I am. I have, to go in, I have to go in the gym and judge them the next day. You know what I'm saying? You're not supposed to judge, but I judge people that should be here every week. You know, I'm like, man, why, where are they at? They need this place. This is an awesome family. Why are they coming to church? Why isn't church a priority? That's my biggest struggle in church. When you don't show up, I'm like, why did they come? They like this place. We laugh. I put work in. I study for this message. Why did they come to church today? That's what I get mad about. That's, what, that's, a, that's a pastor struggle. Just pray for me. Like, where's that joke? Where they been at for two years? We go places in, in the community, like, and I, I brought Joel with me somewhere, went to a restaurant. And the lady's like, um, Joel's like, how do you know Pastor West? To the, to the lady behind the counter. How do you know Pastor West? She's like, oh, I go to the, I go to the church. I, I, go to the, I, go to, I go to the Hope Church. And Joel's like, oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't. We have two services. Maybe I missed you. And Joel's like, how long has she been going to church? I'm like, oh, she's only been one time. She hasn't been, like, she came like six months ago. But people been one time, like, this is my church. Come be a part of the family. Everyone's welcome. People are looking for you when they get here. People are looking for you when they get here. I'm looking for you and people are looking for you. Bring your, bring your flavor to the table. Bring you in. Everyone's looking for a family and everyone's invited into God's family. I love what the Bible says um, in First uh, John chapter 3, verse 1. See how very much our Father loves us, that he calls us his children. God loves you. You know why it's so hard for people to experience God's love? is because they don't love themselves. How can God love me? I don't even love myself. God loves you. He has a reckless love for you. He loves you. God loves you so much. And everyone gets to come in just as they are. And here's the beauty of the gospel. You can come in just the way that you are, but God will change you before you leave. He does the work. God does all the heavy lifting with this thing we call the gospel. So I went to the hospital this week. I posted this thing on Facebook. Be careful what you post on Facebook because people actually read it. And uh, I was posting this thing. And basically what I said was this. If anybody needs any prayer, if anybody needs any encouragement, anybody want to talk, to talk, then shoot me a message. In my messenger, my uncle, my uncle commented, hey, give me a call. 
And I'm like, oh, this can't be good. So I'm like, yo, what's up, Ankh? And he's like, um, he's like, you need to go visit your grandma. You need to go visit your grandma. I said, I got this. Well, you guys, she's getting old. She's telling me, I mean, so I go, I go, I go, I drive to the hospital. Chase and I get in the car in my cool red minivan. And uh, we drive out to the, drive out to the, um, to the hospital and she's not there. That's always awkward. I'm here to visit my grandma. She's not here. Like, well, is she, like, is she not here or is she like not here? Not here or not here, you know? She goes, oh, she had a rehab facility. They're teaching her how to walk again. She, 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 she got sick and her legs aren't working. So we get in the car, we drove 20 minutes further. And we get there, and, and I, my grandma, I, I get in there, and she's just old, you guys. I say, hey, grandma, I said, my church, is, my, church is, my church is doing good. And she's like, you know what? Bubba started a church. And I'm like, that's me, grandma. <laughs> that's me. I'm here. Winter Garden. I said, yeah. And then she started remembering a little bit about it. But she started telling me about some things, telling me about her pastor and how he, he, he has nine kids. She doesn't even go to church. But her pastor had nine kids, and his wife died, and she, he remarried. And now the wife's not doing a good job helping him raise his, her stepkids. And so now my grandma is helping. I mean, she's telling me the story. I'm like, this lady's next level crazy. I'm crazy, but she's next level crazy. And so I'm like, yeah, grandma, that's tough, man. I said, you know, but I'm glad you're helping her out. I'm just going along. I don't, I don't, I've never been around someone who's losing their memory. I'm just kind of playing along with it. I mean, I talk to myself, so this is like a completely normal thing for me. So I'm just like having this dialogue and I'll tell you all the backstory, but the first thing she said when I walked in, I said, hey, Grandma, and she goes just like this. She goes, are you here to pray for me? That's all she wanted to know. I don't, when I walked in the room, this sounds super spiritual, and I, I'm not super spiritual. I mean, I love Jesus all my heart, so, but she just knew that somebody was coming to pray for her, and here I was. I don't know if she knew who I was. I can't tell you if I went and saw her tape, she would even know that I came and prayed for her. But she's like, you can't pray for me? I said, yes, ma'am, because my uncle told me to go pray for her. Like, she knew that. She didn't know a lot, but she knew that one thing. I share this for you to tell you this, that your family is your family. No matter what, they always will be. But you need some more family. You need some more family. You need, you need a church family. Because you don't get to choose your family. I was talking to a guy the other day, and he said, you know what? My dad, he, he was telling me a story. He said, my dad fired me from, his, from this company. I said, why did he fire you? He said, he fired me because he don't, I wouldn't do what he told me to do. I didn't marry the person he told me to marry I didn't do what he told me to do, so he just fired me. He said, I haven't talked to my dad in three years. Now, my heart was broken. I said, man, that's devastating. I'm telling you that, tell you that, this guy's got no family. He needs a brother, he needs, he needs some people. You know where he found that at? He's found a brother and an uncle and some dads. He's found that at Hope Church. An older man from this church walked up to him a few, a few days ago and spoke some, spoke some life into this guy. Everyone is looking for a family. You don't get to choose your, your, you don't get to choose your mom and your dad, but you get to choose your church family. We need you here, and you're welcome here. I just wanted to let you know that if you're just joining us for the very first time, you're welcome here. We're a good news church. The good news is we're going to let you in here. The greater news is that Jesus loves you. He died for you, and he rose again. He did it for all of us in here today.